everybody, welcome back to the Shoot of Hope channel. This is the Host Speaks podcast, where we talk to filmmakers, actors, directors, creators, different people in general, you know, just trying to talk about entertainment, talk about their life and their career, and uh, draw some motivation for you guys as well. It doesn't really matter what career they're in. You know, you, you bring them on and you talk about life and, and the things that can influence and inspire other people. So that's what this podcast is about. If you like the podcast, or if you haven't heard of us, let's just say that, you can go back and watch our other podcast episodes. We're going to be joined in a little bit by Chris the Shooter. Um, great guy. I actually, this this will be the first time that I got to sit down and have a conversation with him. Um, recommended by Chase and Josh. He knows what he's doing. He's a filmmaker. He's a freelancer. He's a producer. And you might have you might have saw some of him and his brother's stuff, but... You know, that's what this podcast is about. You'll get a chance to learn about him and learn about his lifestyle and, and creative and his uh, creativity. Do something for us. If you like the content, please subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, share it with your friends. And at the same time, go check out the audio podcast version. Say you didn't want to just watch YouTube or any of these other um, video services for a while. You can always check us out on our podcast. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, anywhere that podcasts are located. So you will be able to check that out there. So thank you guys. Enjoy this podcast with Crease the Shooter. Hey, you got me up early, so I get to have a productive day today. That's awesome. Are you in Florida still or are you like somewhere else now? I'm not. Um, the goal is to get back there at some point, but I'm back at home right now. I'm in Philly. All right. OK, so you're not West Coast at least. So I didn't wake you up like super early. Oh, no, no. <laughs> you're not getting me up that early. <laughs> I just want to make sure now nah, because I know Chase right now. He's out in Missouri. So it's whenever he calls yeah. it's like an hour difference kind of thing. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Shoot of Hope podcast on the Shoot of Hope channel. Um, I am joined today by a very special guest. You'll know him as Crease the Shooter on Instagram. Is that Crease or Chris? That's correct, Crease. Crease the Shooter on Instagram. Sure. And I'm interested to hear more about your story, what got you into um, the filmmaking aspect, directing, producing, uh, editing, and also everything else underneath this creative arts, the, the branches and stuff like that. Because we got a lot of stuff to run through that you've sent me that I've that I've looked up on your on your post, on your mm -hmm. whether it's Instagram or whether it's your website. Um, so tell the audience and tell me how you first got into filmmaking and producing. I just always loved comedy, honestly. So that's really where I wanted to start. Um, just like putting a smile on people's faces and making them laugh. So it was always it was always there. But I didn't really. I didn't really start to get hands on and like try to create my own content until my senior year of college. Um, I was just, I had like a free elective. I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And there was a cinematography class, which I took and I straight up loved it. And then I got my own camera and my brother is a musician. He's a rapper. And during COVID, we just had all this free time and I had just gotten a camera. So we were out just like shooting all the time. Um, and I was just honing my skills. Like once I, once I start something, like I just become like super obsessive and it's like, I don't want to just like, have like my little niche like I want to learn like everything I possibly can so like once I'm in the business like I want to learn editing acting like I'm I'm not afraid to try new things you know so did you learn most of that stuff before film school or after because you went to Full Sail University correct correct yeah so um that's actually where I met Chase um went to Full Sail during COVID and I had a little bit of knowledge but like I was self-taught so I didn't really 
like everything was YouTube. So I didn't have very much, well, except for the um, cinematography class that I took. But even then, it was just like basics, like the lighting tri exposure triangle. So um, I'm very self-taught just in general. Like I was used to at, uh, during my undergrad, I went to Drexel. And a lot of my teachers didn't speak very good English. So I would just like, they were like foreigners. So I wouldn't even go to class and I would just teach myself. So I'm just kind of used to it at this point. Now, I mean, that was one of the questions that I had later on because I do want to talk a little bit about film school. And I think we'll go there to start then. Um, because how much, of course, you said a lot of it was self-taught, but mm -hmm. film school, take us through the process of deciding like a film school or a school or multiple schools that you went to because you just talked about Drexel, you talked you talk about Full State University. So take us, what came first? You know, obviously Drexel with the undergrad degree and then Full State University, but take us through the process of choosing a film school, what you really looked for when choosing a film school or just a school in general. So it's funny because I didn't really have any intentions of going to film school at all. Uh, this is before I took that film class. Um, and my brother was a senior in high school and I was a senior in college. And so he was looking at colleges and my parents, I didn't even want to go, but they convinced me to go down with them and my brother to visit Full Sail for him, not for myself at all. And I'm just like walking around and I'm like, damn, this place is sick. Like I'm looking at all the like the plaques on the walls and just like the names associated with the school. And then there was um, they, they had this like presentation at the end. And I was like, wow, like they just got me. They just reeled me in. So I ended up applying and getting in and going there myself. So I'm assuming networking is a is a big thing, especially since you've been out of, of film school. Uh, how much have you kept in contact with your your peers, your classmates, your fellow cinematographers and directors? I wish that I had. I wish I talked to people more. Um, it's crazy with work, but there's there's a handful of people that like I felt like not to discredit my relationships with anyone else, but there's a handful of people where it was like I felt like they were like family to me, and those people I definitely make sure that. Uh, at least once every month or two that whether it's a quick phone call or a quick text, just like checking in and seeing how everyone's doing. And what was your first film at Full State University I did? Because you sent me your thesis film, correct? That was the thesis correct. film. Yeah. Um, so what was your first production that you ever worked on at Full State University? The first production or the first film that I wrote and directed? Uh, which one came first? I'm assuming the production came first and then your own, or was it your own Correct. production? Correct. So, okay. So take um, us through just being on a production and then take us kind of into your first. Yeah. So, um, the first thesis film that I ever worked on was, uh, Chase's film, A Soldier's Blessing. Um, but before that I worked on another project with him, uh, for one of his other classes, like an independent filmmaking class. And all started, like I just moved in. It was in the thick of COVID. Like I'm in a brand new state. I don't know anybody. And I just look out my window and this dude is just messing with a crane. Like he's building this crane, like right outside my window. And I'm like, Hmm, like he's, that's probably like a film guy. Like, uh, why don't I like pop out and just like talk to him, see what's going on. So we connected. I told him, uh, about some of the stuff that I was working on. I showed him my gimbal, which for people who don't know what a gimbal is, I have right here. <laughs> um, it's like a stabilizer. Um, and he had never seen one before and he was like, Oh, that's awesome. Like, uh, we're shooting um, a project like in a, I think it was like the following week. He was like, would you be interested in shooting it? And I was sure. Why not? And then just from there, like I just said yes to everything. Like, hey, uh, I'm, you want to do behind the scenes on this? Oh, yeah, I'm there. Like and I just kept I, re I reached out to some teachers like, hey, can I get on some sets? So 
I honestly, from there, like, I don't remember which was my second and third. There was just so much going on at that time. But, yeah, I just um, put my nose down and just started grinding the second I got there. And it seems like a very uh, knit community of people when you get down there because Chase talked about all the all the films he's helped on, whether it was mm-hmm. just a production runner or being a part of the camera crew or being on like in front of the camera as an actor. Do you prefer to always be behind the camera or are you somebody that would like to see yourself like in front of the camera one day? Because I know you talk about comedy and typically when you have comedy, sometimes you want to like have like that cameo appearance. A lot of a lot of people yeah. that write comedy, like films specifically, have like at least one cameo appearance in almost. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I usually do, too. But it's funny because it normally comes from like the last cameo appearance that I had for myself. It was like I wasn't like fully planning on playing the role, but I was just like, all right, like I'm not going to try that hard to find somebody. And if I don't find anyone, then I'll just play the role myself. How difficult is that? Because as somebody that likes to direct and produce, I'm assuming you have all these visions in your head and when you rely on somebody else, because when you're on screen, you know, same problem that I've dealt with. When you're on screen and you put somebody behind the camera, you're putting trust and faith in that they're getting the shots that you want. But how difficult yeah. is that? Like that trusting process of that vision in your head. That's your, that's it's your baby. It's your script. It's, it's what you want. And then like just the trusting process of the cameraman when you're in front of it. You just have to really have a great team and trust them. Um, and not, it's not just trusting one person. It's just trusting like everyone as a collective. I'm, I'm pretty selective when I put my crews together like I, I think I have very strong attention to detail. So like I, I notice like everything about a person. And um, Chase, I know, has strong attention to detail too. He was actually on that shoot that I wrote and directed and acted in. So I told him like while I was acting, I was like, "Right, you're the director right now." Like I can't, I can't do both. Um, and I trusted my cameraman Tom a lot too. So um, they've never let me down. So first day on the job, we'll talk about that film for your your thesis film. Um, first of all, let's talk about crafting an idea because when you first get the idea, is it is does it pop in your head like okay, this is what we're doing, this is what we're shooting, or does it go through a process? Because of course you have a very small time constraint to get a thesis film out at full sale, so you don't have a year to sit on. You have you don't have like two years to sit on it. But when yeah. you get that idea, is it just okay? We're going to run with that and go and kind of because if is yours, is, how do I want to say this? Is your scripts? Do you stick a lot to your scripts or do you like let the actors improv when you're on set to create that idea? There's a lot of improv um, because I feel like at a certain point, like a one person can only do so much. Um, So I really like to talk with my actors and tell them like, this is your character. Like I'll give you direction. Like if I feel like we're straying a little bit too far, or if we're not really hitting the punchlines or if the comedy's not there, maybe I'll give you some advice, throw some extra things in. But like there was a ton of things that were not in the script. Like I just I told them like everyone, like even not even just my actors, like camera people, anybody who's on set, like I'm very open to your ideas. Like, please share them with me because the more like small like details like that go into a film, I think the better that it makes it. And this script originally start out kind of what it was or what the final project was or did it very like did it take a different like did it take a left turn or a right turn here and again coming up with that idea because mm-hmm. for people that haven't seen it and i'm not really going to spoil it because i don't know what can be released what can't be seen yeah. otherwise um you have somebody that comes in off the street and applies for a job 
Yeah. And it's it's a comedy of going about that. And like, you know, he takes a key card of the person that's supposed to be in the job. And then like he's like this fake personality. It's t- and kind of blending in. Yeah. Um, so is that something that you originally wanted it to be or did it kind of very like did it just kind of go with the flow and go one direction? So uh, there was a lot of things that changed. That was always the core concept. Um, so I'm not really like the ideas don't just come to me. Like I need inspiration. I need a lot of help. Um, writing is probably the hardest thing for me. But when I know I need to write a script, I'll I'll think like, hey, like, all right, I'm going for a comedy. Um, since it's, it was a short thesis, I'm thinking something like a similar to like a TV show pilot. So I'm like, all right, what what? type of shows do I what type of shows will be similar to what I'm trying to create so I watched like a ton of episodes of The Office um, a lot of Always Sunny in Philadelphia those are two of my favorite shows and actually I, I kind of got inspi- inspired by the character Cricket I don't know if you've ever seen It's Always Sunny um, he's like he's a homeless guy and, I, and then I was watching The Office and I was like oh what if I took the homeless guy from this show and I threw him into like an office type setting so that's where the idea actually came from um, and then I wrote that in a class at Full Sail, actually. And part of the class was like we had peer reviews. So I, we would all read through my script. Everybody got a character. Uh, and at the end, my teacher, Jenny, who's awesome, and all my peers would just give me ideas. And we did it two or three times. So the script evol- evolved a ton throughout the month or two process of me writing. And then in the class, after the script writing class, my, t- my next teacher, Georg, uh, gave me even more notes so props to all of them it wouldn't be what it is today without all of the advice that I got and how long would you say it took you from the start to the end of this project so I wrote it in January of 2021 and finished editing I think it was October or November so it, it took almost a year but it wasn't full pedal to the metal during that time because actually I wrote first day on the job and then in between shooting it, I wrote and shot another film. So it, it was kind of like my first film, my baby, but then there's also that other one that snuck in there. As well as being on multiple other sets and stuff like that and helping out classmates. Oh, of course. Yeah, we were not uh, the production month, which was July was absolutely insane i remember my film was the last one that we shot so like the sleep meter was like as low as it possibly gets um but we pushed through and we got it done so what would you say was the biggest challenge in that film first day on the job in order for like shooting what was the biggest challenge for you i think the biggest challenge was having to adjust to changes last second um because the location didn't exactly match the script and certain things didn't make sense uh based off of the location because originally i honestly forget exactly what it was but just like i think the so the location you had to go up the elevator first and then you went into the lobby and then in in the original script you went through the lobby first and then went up the elevator so it was just a matter of like switching a couple things like that first outside scene that you saw was supposed to actually take place inside and it was supposed to be a little bit different. So that was almost completely improv. Um, and then I had an actor drop and I had to get a replacement actor to uh, kind of last second. So just like, I felt like I was prepared and then these certain curveballs just came at me and I just had to be able to adjust to them. 
And there's a question I think that will be a lot better when we talk about the Steve Jobs uh, music video that you shot. But how much of it is you shoot and think the scene's going to be fitting good here? And then, like, in the editing process, it's like, you know, this scene would actually work better here. You know, mm -hmm. did you ever, do you ever flip scenes sometimes, like, just to, just to spin the story a little bit more? Um, I don't think I flipped scenes in any of those. Um, but I, let me think about how I want to put this. I'm very open to it. So like in editing, like I'll do whatever I possibly need to do. Cause there's always things that are gone and that are, that are off and like reflections and like, there's things that you didn't notice and you're like, shit, like you catch a mic and you do whatever you can to just try to hide it. Um, but there are a lot of like within the conversations, like I would cut like full like lines out. So just like chopping it up, speeding it up a little bit and trying to make the pace a little better. I'm trying to get rid of that kind of like weird, awkward kind of maybe like silence in between things. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely that. And then just even some, like if I felt like the actor didn't really execute the line as well as they could have, maybe they weren't hundred percent comfortable with the line. Like I'll just cut it out. What would you say your, your directing style has really been throughout all your productions? Because do you, do you have a specific director that you would like to model yourself after? I know everybody likes to say that, like, hey, we are our own people, you know, and I, and I get that. But even I draw inspiration from, like, Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, J.J. Abrams. Like, I can name things that I think all of them do really well that I incorporate in my own stuff. Is yeah. there directors or artists out there that you incorporate when trying to create yourself in this whole, this whole cinematic experience? Um, I love – my favorite director is Christopher Nolan. I just love his stuff. Like my Good favorite choice. movie is just like everything he's done. Um, but I don't think that I really study anybody's process like that. Like I think my, I have kind of a unique process because I kind of, I consider myself like an engineer first and like a filmmaker second, like similar to like a, if you know, Howard Hughes, um, if you ever seen the aviator, like I'm, I don't want to be like a crazy person like him where I'm growing my fingernails out to the ear, but, like I, I see myself uh, kind of leading a similar path. Um, and then my directing style, I just, I know I have a team and I want to use all of them and get juice, whatever ideas they have out uh, to the max. Like um, I had a art director and she was making all my props and I was just, I just gave it to her and I was like, just make them as funny, like as you can, like do whatever you want. I don't care. And like, I'm not really going to like, if something's not the way I pictured it initially, I'm not going to be hesitant to just still go with it. As somebody that also likes to preach that, you know, everything can be taught in school, but really the best way that you teach it is going out and finding it yourself. So like, I agree when you say self-taught because that's how I kind of view it as. So now mm -hmm. we'll transition from the film school to really how you self-taught yourself. Because when I, when I, do my films and like growing up through even high school yes we had a journalism program where we did dabble in like putting together short films and stuff like that which again weren't really good because it's high school kids what you expect yeah but at the same time you know just having that background and being like hey what's cool on youtube because on youtube i would watch film riot i would watch film courage i would watch all these different like how to edit all the different tutorials that are out there what was a basis that you always go to when trying to like teach yourself is it is it a master class you know, is it, is it a certain YouTube channel? What are, what are some things that you, what was the first thing that you really wanted to like, was it, was it watching a tutorial of how to direct? Was it watching a tutorial of how to edit? 
what are things that you personally like found yourself dabbling in and what's something that you would encourage others to start teaching themselves in? Um, specifically, I remember uh, this editing class that I took on YouTube. It was just one really long video. It was like, like 10 hours long or something like ridiculously long. But like I would just watch like 15 minutes a day. Like they broke it up into like sections. So I would just watch like one a day. And like, I still do that. I still like, I constantly want to be teaching myself things. Like right now I'm learning, like I'll show you what I got right next to me. I'm trying to teach myself about like programming and electricity. I'm taking these online classes. This is a little like breadboard. Um, but like, just knowledge is power, man. Like the more that, you know, the more that you can just like accomplish and the better that you're going to be. And then like any, like when I learn about like, like engineering things and when I learn about film things, like you'd be surprised, like how everything like intertwines, like you'll just do something and you'd be like, Hey, like you'll get inspiration from film by doing like little projects like this somehow. Like it just, it's just weird how things connect. Like, and especially like if I get stuck on something, and I can't understand it. Like I just need to completely walk away for whether it be a day, a month, a year, like, but I'm always going to come back. It's always going to be in the back of my mind and just doing other things. Like, and then just like, sometimes the puzzle just like connects like that out of nowhere. It, that's funny you say that because when Chase and Josh were on the podcast together about maybe two, three months ago, we talked about how different things lead you to where you're at in life. You know, yeah. In my story, it was always, you know, in elementary school, like I always was like a writer, which obviously, again, elementary school, you're not really a good writer, but you're, you're writing You're you know, instead of people going outside and I guess playing on the playground, I'd be the one in the corner, like with the journal, just writing it and doodling. Yeah. Um, and then my parents sent me to robotics camp at like, like early middle school. I was like, That's okay, this is cool, you know, to learn about like electronics and how to build things and robots and all the new stuff back then. And then like, it's like, oh, I found filmmaking. And it really comes down to like, you need writing for filmmaking. And if you want to do your own special effects and stuff like that, yeah. you know, you, or scenery creations or sets and stuff like that, like that's what you, you know, you can use that stuff that you've learned before to light a set or to create something new. Um, so it's cool that you say that, although I am still waiting to hear from my calculus teacher about when I'm ever going to use Y <laughs> equals MX plus B, but that's besides the point. Yeah. Never going to happen. Um, but no, that's really cool that you've taught yourself. And if you would recommend film school to students, would you say it's it's good to go to film school or would you say that it's better to just teach yourself? I think it depends on what you're looking for. Um, film school is like super collaborative. Like me, like I specifically went in there, like I need to find like-minded individuals, like, and I need to network. Like if that's your mindset, then yes, 100%, you need to go. If your mindset is... I just want to be a camera guy or I just want to be a writer. I think you can get away with it without going. Uh, not to say that it doesn't have its benefits. It certainly does. Um, but if you like, if you're a camera person, like there's, there's a lot, you'd be surprised at how many things are just around locally that you can get involved in. Um, especially like acting like I at Orlando in Orlando, I got on the waiting list, but I never joined. I really wanted to do this. Um, I think it was called like the Orlando improv club. Uh, they taught improv classes and then they had like these events and I it was always on my list. I really wanted to go, but I never made the chance. I never got the chance to make it out. But just things like that, like I would just pay attention to you know, what's going on in your community. Sounds like you need to start your own club. Didn't they always say if you couldn't if nobody let you in the club, you just make your own club. You uh, I you probably should. 
<laughs> it would have rocked, by the way. Um, um, let's talk about some newer projects for you. Now, this it's it's about four weeks old, but let's talk about Steve Jobs. You said yep. that you shot that with your brother, correct? He was he's the musician. Yes. Okay. So, what's the cool? Because it, it's interesting because I don't think I've ever had somebody on podcast. It's like it's more of a family. Um, creative like where you're both working with your siblings on on creating this this project yeah so talk us talk to me a little about a little bit about how it's like working with a brother in this case and what what made the or how do you get ideas does he come to you with an idea like with the music since he yeah. does he do music first or you're like hey let's do a scene like this but can you make music to it it's there's not like a there's not a process honestly there's a million different ways that it can happen um this one, we had the song first and I had just watched the Steve Jobs movie and I, we were like, yeah, what if we did this? Um, we actually made a treatment back when I still lived in Florida. This was last October. So I had we had this like PowerPoint slide with like a uh, bunch of like moments from Steve Jobs life, like the photo shoot with the iMac. And then there was like the we recreated the movie scene. So that was in there. And then like the iPod commercials. So the idea kind of just fell asleep for a couple months and while I was looking for a job I had all this free time I finally interviewed and I got a job and like two weeks before I started I texted my brother I was like my schedule is about to be packed like if we're gonna do this we gotta do it right now so I flew down to Florida and we got it done we rented out an auditorium got I pulled in some actors and the makeup person from my first day on the job film to help out you know I think it's important like to just maintain these connections. Like if you work with somebody and they do a great job, like there's, there's not a lot, I mean, there's a lot of great people out there, but you'd be surprised at how many people don't take their job a hundred percent seriously. So when you find great people, you really got to hold on and continue to work with them. And after four weeks and 150,000 views, that's really awesome. So yeah, congratulations yeah. on that. No, it's that, growing. I mean, that's, that's, you put it out there, you tag it and you see how the audience reacts and the audience is loving it so far. So, so he, yeah. I give the props to my brother. He's done. He's, he's like me. We're very similar. So to answer your actual question, I guess I just went on a tangent there working <laughs> with my sibling is, is awesome just because his attention to detail is probably even greater than mine when it comes to his own projects. So he always pushed me and like, if something wasn't good, he like, he'd be honest, you know, that's the most important thing. Like, like you don't want to just, you don't want to crush people when they're just getting started and be like, this sucks. But like, you want to be able to give constructive criticism and at the, you have to be able to take it on the other end too. So how many days did it take you to shoot the Steve jobs? So we shot in, it took us like one weekend in Florida and then it was only actually one day, but the whole weekend we were like prepping for the shoot. And then we flew to Philly the following month and we shot the other, the garage shoot we shot in my actual garage on a Saturday and then we did all the rest on that Sunday. So it really took us three days, I would say same as first day on the job. And how do you pick up, how do you pick up or pick those certain moments? Because you said you watched the Steve jobs film and like mm -hmm. the iconic, you know, where you're standing in front of like the screen and stuff like that, like you know, the nostalgia, but yeah. what other scenes did like, how did you determine what scenes to pick? So like, that was the one the like that auditorium scene i don't know if you've actually seen the scene from the movie where um steve is like yelling at wozniak who's the co-founder of apple that just like felt like after watching the movie it felt like it was like one of the iconic scenes so i felt like we had to get we had to take that one 
And I knew my guy, Brian, who played the homeless guy um, for my thesis film, I knew that he would cross that role. So I, I said we had to put that one in there. And then, I don't know, the, the ideas all just kind of like came to me that at that moment uh, when we we're doing the treatment, like the iPod commercial and then the photo shoot. We just Googled Steve Jobs and we went down and looked at some photos and that one stuck out. We're like, oh, this is really cool. And then I actually went on uh, Mercari is this like similar like Etsy and eBay and stuff like that where you can just buy people's used stuff. And I found that that old Mac computer and I was like, oh, we that's perfect. We need that. Um, but yeah, just do and doing the research for like little like props and Easter eggs. Like, I think that's, it really puts the cherry on top. Why do I feel like you grew up like I did where you just watched epic rap battles of history all the time? <laughs> I did watch them. <laughs> I did watch them. Was that ever inspiration for like doing like a, <laughs> a spoof about somebody or like, you know, re, re, um, what do I want to say? You're recreating the scene or a person's life. That that's ever play part in it? That's funny that you mentioned that. Um, I don't think so, unless it's like subconsciously, you know, you never you never really know where inspiration comes from. Um, and also they're starting to do like deep fakes too. deep fakes. have became a big thing within the last like two years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That epic rap battles. That's funny, man. They were awesome. Actually, I, I really love like historical stuff. Like my next project, I would love to do um so- something from like the early 1900s or something like that. That would be really cool. Are you big into history then? Is that something that you would say that you, you like to dabble in? Because it's comedy. It seems like you like history, at least biography kind of based. Yeah. Do you have I any more that, genres that you that you appreciate? Everyone's been telling me that I have to do a scary movie. So I've, I've never thought about it until like everyone's like, dude, like you get maybe like with like a little bit of comedy mixed in there, but nothing like, like I wouldn't go like corny, like scary movie. Like I would want to really scare the shit out of people, but like also have like moments where you can get a laugh in um but yeah i i just think history growing up i didn't care for it um but i started reading sorry i started reading a lot during covid and kind of just studying people that i wanted to be like and i read a book on ben franklin and i read one on albert einstein and and i'm in the process of reading a howard hughes book and i just think it's so cool like these dudes were absolute legends like i would love to like recreate moments from some of their lives and just create like a short film out of it. Now that's, that's really awesome. And, and I think that you're, I think you're kind of getting to the right area or at least, you know, it's funny too. Like if, if we were all born in say the seventies, you know, with, with the Spielbergs mm-hmm. and stuff like that, when you got to college or it was harder to, it wasn't hard to own like a eight millimeter camera or whatever. Um, but it's easier for us now that so we have the technology in our hand, like our smartphones, we can go yep. film on. Like I think Modern Family shot an episode on a smartphone or something like that. And wow. you know, we can afford these DSLR cameras for the most part, or at least rent them somewhere where we could have them for a day or two and, and create our own stuff. And there's free editing so- software. One of the biggest like I, I feel like we're in this time period where like we were born here for a reason. Yeah. And I think that when you keep talking about like Steve Jobs and you're reading these books about Ben Franklin, autobiographies or biographies, it's like and you, you're watching. I just saw I keep seeing the Elvis ad for the new Elvis movie. Keep popping. That looks up. good. I want to see that one. It is. But do you think that we're ever going? Do you think like because it seems like and this is just my opinion, I don't know how I'm going to phrase this. It might be a wrong phrasing, but I'll try. So 
do you feel like like the Marvels of the world and the Star Wars of the world? I don't feel like they've been as successful lately because like the ideas just aren't there. But now we're going back into the biography stage. Yeah. So do you think the next decade of filmmaking is going to be more like to capitalize on biographies rather than like storytelling and legends and myths and like fiction? Um, that's a good question. I, I mean, I think they're they're both going to always be there. They're each they each have their own fan bases. Uh, Marvel, I used to love. I thought it was awesome. I think kind of where they went wrong, maybe not went wrong because they're doing it for the money and they're probably making a shit ton of it. But I just think they did too much. Um, like I was following it. I watched them all. But now with all the TV shows and stuff, I feel like I can't fully follow it. And it almost makes me not want to be as involved in it. Like I felt like when I was saw when I was able to watch every movie, it was like, I'm all caught up. I know what's going on. And then it's just like with all the TV shows now, like I, I just don't have time. Um, but I think everybody is always going to appreciate like a true underdog story. Like I just watched the uh, Ford and Ferrari movie not too long ago. I thought that was awesome. And just like seeing like a true story where somebody went from rags to riches and made all of the sacrifices that they made. I think it's just like inspiring and it will hopefully inspire the next generation to whether they're going to be filmmakers or engineers or whatever they're doing. Just like, I think that's really what it's all about. I think the, I think any film that has a blue collared worker type, vibe does yeah. really well and i yep. think top gun has showed a lot of people that i haven't seen it yet oh dude it is fantastic uh, I now I, I i'm not somebody that says it's better than the original because you gotta remember the original when it was made 20 plus years ago mm-hmm. you know it's like saying the old star wars versus the prequels or the old marvel like the old spider-man versus new spider-man it's like they're completely yeah. two separate eras it's hard yeah yeah you can't really you know the special effects are better but it's the storytelling better or it's a special effect you know so i i can't really say that but it just it it lives up to being just as good the new top gun okay yeah i mean I I'm gonna have to love it. It i've honestly never seen the old one so maybe i'll check that one i believe right. that's still on netflix if you have netflix i think it's still on there i saw it the other day going through okay yeah i do have it so i, I will certainly check that out I do have to say, I think one of the things, too, because, I, I again, I've been watching the Kenobi series, and I'm not really a fan of what Disney's done with the new Star Wars or what Marvel really? what they're doing with Marvel. I was kind of, I just got Disney Plus, and I was I haven't watched anything on there, but the Obi-Wan thing looks pretty cool. I wanted to check it out. You're, you're not a fan of it? I'm not a fan of it, but I'll, I'll say why real quick, because I think this actually ties in with, like, Marvel and, like, why fictional storytelling is kind of, like, going mm-hmm. downhill. Because when you make these mega franchises, I think, and this is true in life, if you know too much about somebody and you know a lot of things about somebody, sometimes you don't like everybody that you know everything about. Yeah. And I think going back and telling backstories and continuing to push these characters about every day in their life and the decisions they've done, it's kind of like boring and it kind of makes you be like, you know, I don't like it. You know, the, yeah. the Obi-Wan series to me, it would if it was done really, really good, I would have been like, okay, like props to you. But does it take away from the originals by knowing these little missions like he would go on or like where he's been does it take away from the first time we see him in episode four you know and that's kind of where i'm at and i and i think that's a testament to at least how i feel in life about like you know the storytelling aspect or like personal relationships if you know like everything about somebody sometimes you find not to like them as much that's why you always want to be your own person does that kind of make sense yeah that makes sense yeah i feel like another thing is with all these series is like there's there's only so many like top notch directors out there, um, and there's just 
so many projects, you know? So I feel like certain like films and TV shows that are recreations of old franchises and whatnot, like I feel like sometimes they're not put into the right hands as well. So that may play into it a little bit. Did you see the new Batman movie? Oh, I loved it. You did? What was your, did you did you see it? I assume I did see it. I I really liked it. Um, but honestly, like I felt like I felt like it was a little long. But just like what I, I when I watch movies now, like when I was in film school, I was looking at every detail when I watched the movie. But I think I've been removed for long enough now that it's like I'm back to like just watching a norm like a movie normally, like and enjoying it. Being the observer and not really like the critic. Which for a while I couldn't do, and I, I thought movies were ruined for me, but luckily um, I'm back. Um, but with that movie, it just, like, the cinematography stuck out so much. It was just, like, shot selection was insane. So, like, I, I definitely want to use that as inspiration in the future. So here's the thing, and, and I when I talk to a lot of people about the new Batman, I'm very hesitant against, like, the old Spider-Man, new Spider-Man thing, you know, made in two different things. Yeah. Christopher Nolan and the Dark Knight trilogy. You can't beat that. I, you I can't think. beat it. This became a pretty dang close race with that one. Yeah, this and one. It's not, and, it, and it's not because it's new. It's because DC, and this is what I appreciate about DC, that Marvel doesn't do, except for like they kind of did in Doctor Strange, the new one, and they kind of like got away from it. I still got to watch that one. The DC, when DC's good, DC is a darker franchise. Mm-hmm. And I like the darkness of like what Dark Knight, you know, the Dark Knight series was, you know, the edginess, that darkness, that kind of yeah. vile side you know because the villains there are so much eviler and so much like actually malicious and i thought this did a really good job of showing that unlike the uh, ben affleck one because listen even if you were to put ben affleck in, and i'm not saying that actors don't matter obviously actors do matter yeah. i don't know if you if you would have put christian bale in this new one and replaced robert pattinson or pattinson in the old one you know or even ben affleck in either as long as the director and the writer were good and like how they went about creating batman I think mm-hmm. they would have been all right with whoever they chose. Yep. I just think that the, the, the Ben Affleck Batman, I didn't like because it was too light. It was too trying to be humorous and it didn't really stick the landing. I didn't opinion. watch that one. Yeah, the, I mean, it's, it's like the old, um, did you watch the Suicide Squads? I've seen pieces of it. Okay. The new one's definitely better than the James Gunn version. Mm-hmm. But James Gunn was a good director hire and a good for the new one because of the Guardians of the Galaxy, which I'm not actually a fan of Guardians of the Galaxy because I don't think they go too dark, but that's a Marvel thing. But really, I like the guy. I think it's like the perfect amount of like comedy. I I like them in the like in Endgame and Infinity War. Yep. I just don't like those characters on a standalone. That's just more of a personal thing than it is anything else. Yeah. Obviously, they're making money. I they're obviously they're making money, and obviously the the crowd loves them. You know, and the audience is like a ninety percent. I'm just at ten percent. That I'm like, I didn't fall in love with it. That's how. I mean, not everything's gonna stick with everybody. No, and, and like like I tell people all the time, I was like, no matter what critics say online, no matter what fans say, no matter what viewers say, if you like a bad film or you don't like a good film, like you have that right to that opinion. 100%. It's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what was it? So Top Gun, the Batman came out. Avatar. I'm waiting for Avatar, man. I have been waiting since 2009 for that film. I feel like people hate on Avatar. I liked Avatar. Like, he, like, everyone thinks it's either overhyped or not that good, but, like, I thought the first one was awesome. Do you think, because obviously it's been a long time since Avatar came out in 2009, so over a decade, but do you feel like it's going to reclaim its crown at the box office? 
I don't know. It's it's a different time. It's hard now. Um, I, like I don't know what their strategy is for releasing it as well nowadays. So it's like, it's like in theaters or is it also available elsewhere? Like I, I just don't know how. I haven't really done the research. I don't know how like movies releasing now are, stack up against like pre-COVID. If that makes sense. Well, I know. I Spider-Man think was- did well. I know yes. that. And and I do think so. What was it? I was reading an article. I think the, the theatrical runtime went from ninety days to sixty days. Now I think with the whole like theater agreements after COVID, I think yep. it dropped in like days that it can run. Again, that's going to play because like Avatar always had legs back yeah. in two thousand nine, leading into two thousand ten, almost all the way through two thousand ten when it was still in like the small theaters here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the thing that's going to push Avatar over the edge would be the worldwide appeal. Mm-hmm. Because as much as I don't like to talk about politics and stuff like that, like Avatar, it's very hard to be political in a sci-fi film like Avatar. And so you're going to have the Chinese audience, which will view it. You'll have all these other countries that will view it, unlike certain other films that don't get that broad appeal. Yeah. So it has potential. And I don't know what the rules are overseas for box office runs. They could, again, when when Avatar had legs, it was over in third world countries running to like late next year. Like when it came out. And almost like, I feel like the the wait time for the people that do want to see it like it's i feel like the anticipation is is definitely there for this one just because we had to wait so long for it i guess people people are probably curious like okay why did this take so long let me check it out did you go to uh pandora at, at a disneyland or disney world disney world so disney world i went to disneyland or disney world couple months ago i went to animal or not a couple months ago it was almost a year now it feels like a couple months ago i went to animal kingdom but i showed up a little bit late and i just so happened to miss when they went on like the cool avatar ride but I, i've been around like i've seen like what the facility looks like with like the islands that appear to be floating it's really cool the imagineers did a really good job on that park oh yeah that's i would work there one day possibly that would be really <laughs> cool would you give up your filmmaking career just to design things uh honestly if i got a job that would design like a whole theme park i might give up on the filmmaking career yeah i mean i think think you could do both really a million percent do both like that's what i want i honestly want to do design anyway like i I put design over filmmaking regardless so if if i had to give it up i probably would but i think there's plenty of time in the day to do multiple things you know and even getting back to the Steve Jobs comment, I mean, when you were talking about just going back and getting the old-fashioned iMac or iPad and, and yeah. stuff like that and putting that in your shots, you know, your, your background attention to detail is something that Chase does very well, too, when yep. it comes to Soldier's Blessing and trying to get the timepiece and stuff like that down. So exactly. how, how important is that? Do you put that stuff out in, in films or do you, like, you know how you talked about how you sit back and watch a film? Yeah. Do you pick out, like, when things shouldn't be in there? or Oh, like when things shouldn't be in there yeah then um sometimes i i definitely do it sometimes off the top of my head i don't have an example but like there's certain things that'll definitely throw me off in a film like ah, that, that doesn't look like the right like time period or something like that or like game of thrones with the coffee cup <laughs> the starbucks yeah the starbucks <laughs> show you see that john snow's getting his own uh show or something are they really they're doing a reboot <sighs> Just like franchises die sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it, it was a very good series. The problem was I don't – I'm one of the people that didn't like the last season. I hated it. 
I just ruined the whole show for me. The problem is, and I don't know, I, again, it's been so long since I read all the things that happened on it, but it's kind of like the maze runner. I don't know if you watched the maze runner with Dylan O'Brien at all. I didn't see the most recent one. I saw the first. Oh, good. Don't watch it. <laughs> really? I almost did watch it the other day. I, I mean, I by all means, watch it just to finish the series. But like one and two to me are really good films. One being the best, two being like, okay, it's starting to pick up. We see where it's going. Yeah. But I believe, if I stand corrected, I believe that was a series of six books. And they literally did a reverse Hunger Games, where Hunger Games was a series of three books and it split the third book into two parts. Mm-hmm. Maze Runner decided to combine the last four books into one film. Let's see, like, if that's and... what it is. The same thing with Game of Thrones is just rushed. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to take your time to let the characters evolve before Daenerys Targaryen just goes like ape shit off the wall real quick, like that. Uh, honestly, the only really good episode is uh, the last season of Game of Thrones. I did like Winterfell or the Battle of Winterfell. Yeah, I did like the fact that like the Night King was just like the whole time it was just like he's coming, he's coming, and then just the way that he went out. I mean, I guess like a lot of people liked how he went out, but like I don't know, I feel like it should have been should have been. Well, I'm, I'm not happy with how he went out, but I was happy with like how they. Even though everybody's like, it's really dark, it's really dark, kind of to cover up the special effects a little bit on a, yeah. on a certain TV budget. But I was very happy with the battle. But again, the going out was like, eh, like yeah. you expected to be more. I had a shitty TV for that. So like, it was like all like pixelated and, you know, but I'm sure if you had like a nice like movie theater screen, it would look really, really good. Yeah. But what can you do? <laughs> no, that was, that was cool to talk. It was cool to talk film with you for a little bit there and kind of oh, yeah. discuss, go back and forth about things we like, things we didn't like over the past year. Um, do you like the whole streaming service or the the option to watch it on a streaming service and theater? Or are you a theater guy? I used to be huge, huge theater guy. Like I used to go to the movies every weekend, um, <clears throat> like a couple of years before COVID. And then, yeah, I mean, I haven't been to a theater in years, but I miss it. I'll tell you that um, something really special came out and I had some people to go with. I would definitely love to go to a theater. Well, that's uh, our in December. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Actually. So the problem is too, is I've been to the theater a lot lately. I actually saw Dr. Strange three, three times in theaters. Uh, so, and I've you know, it's so good. there's, it's not like I wanted to go three times necessarily. So let, let me put this in perspective for anybody watching. Uh, first time was the premiere night. We went to the premiere, a few of my buddies. I tried to get a whole group to go. It only ended up being like four or five, six of us to go. I was like, okay, whatever. It was supposed to be a bigger group. So, you know, some people fell apart. Then, then I was talking to a girl and she's like, let's go on a date. So I'm like, okay, whatever. She wants to see Dr. Strange. We'll go. So I went to go see it for a second time. And then the, like a week later from that, like I went two times opening weekend. One was on a date. One was with friends, you know? Had no intention of going the second time. Had no intention of going the third time when my other friend that couldn't make the old premiere was like, let's go see it. So then we went. But I went. what was funny is I went to three different theaters to go see it. I went wow. to the one in Bloomsburg. I went to the, uh, let me get this straight, the one in Bloom, went to the one in Hazleton, went to the one in Wilkes-Barre. So was this one of those movies where it got better as you watched it a second or third time? Or was it just like, all right, I've already seen this? Well, considering I was on a date the second time, I really didn't watch the film. (laughs) But um, yeah, so the first time was really good pacing, but I thought there was moments that drug on. Yeah. The third time I watched it, I was like, you know, this is quicker than I remember. 
Mm-hmm. So it was actually really good. And there's there's a lot of films like if I would go back and see the Batman, and I have seen it on DVD because I bought the DVD. But when I go back and watch it, and if I would have spent more money at theaters to go watch it, knowing what's coming for a two and a half hour film, it's long. I don't know if I would watch it multiple times. Yeah. So yeah. I think I think it really says something about a movie when the second viewing is better than the first. Mm-hmm. Like, like I feel like that happens with a lot of Christopher Nolan movies. Like, um, Tenet, the first time I watched it, I hated it. And, like, the second time I watched it, I was like, damn, this is actually a really good movie. And the third time, I was like, this is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> like, there's just, like, just certain things and like, movies like The Prestige where it's, like, you get, like, this twist at the end and it was, like, right in front of your face the entire time and you just never saw it coming. Like, I love those type of movies. We actually, so we bought a projector a year ago and out in my yard, we used to have like an old swing set. So what we do is we tie like the projector sheet or the, the sheet to it and run the projector through it. And that's actually next to our movie night list. I bought it. I saw it on like, in like the $3 box, like the Blu-ray. And I was like, I got to buy the prestige. Have you seen it? I have seen it before, but my buddies haven't. So I'm kind of like that's, waiting for them. That might be my favorite movie of all time. It's, it's really, really good. good. It just like my mind just was like like so blown by that and it's so obvious i can't get so on my top two and this again getting back to the avatar i don't want to overstate avatar avatar is either one or two on my list because i'm a big sci-fi person but i'm biased because i like the wolverine and i thought logan was a really fantastic film logan was the one where he went to like china or something no, Logan was the one with the little girl. The, with the uh, little girl. Yeah. Okay, that was that was the origin story or something. Okay, yeah, yeah, that one was good. Uh, I've, I've actually saw that recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah really still and actually, when you buy the two disc set, there's actually a noir version. So I actually watch in black and white because they shot it to be color and black and white. So it was pretty interesting. Cool. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think I could ever see anybody else as Wolverine besides Hugh Jackman. I think it would just hurt my soul too much. They're gonna have to do it though. That's the- eventually. Right? <laughs> Unless Hugh Jackman, I don't think Hugh Jackman has any kids. I don't think he has any sons. But if he did, I think that would be the next. Oh, uh, that would be, be apprentice. Yeah, even God. I mean, if I guess if he's already got crazy genes, maybe they would be as ripped as him. <laughs> the question is, do you go with an Australian or do you go with? It, it seems like Marvel likes are like still British. Kind yeah. Of people, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I feel like they're gonna have to put him in with like the Avengers or something, just to, like. Because you can't just have like a whole Wolverine thing because you can, you're not going to beat Hugh Jackman. No. He's too good. It's perfect. <laughs> so I'll finish with some like kind of rapid fire questions and then you can kind of, then we'll sign off and you'll all ask where you, um, where people can find you at and we'll go okay. from there. So number one, I guess, what franchise would you want to be in or what franchise would you want to direct a uh, movie for? Um. Do you watch or like are you into like uh what is it like anime at all? I'm not, but I have a lot of buddies that have kind of kept me in the anime culture. There's there's one anime that I liked. Um they're actually making a Netflix series, so I'm not gonna be able to be the one to direct this, unfortunately, because they already got somebody, but uh there's one anime called One Piece that I thought it's like it's like about like um pirates, which I thought would be really cool. Probably that one. All right. I know you answered this with horror, but what what genre would you like to direct eventually one day? Uh, I think like something historical, um, 
historical nonfiction or yeah like based off of like people's lives like biographies and stuff like that would be really cool but that obviously takes a pretty huge budget to do that so i have a little bit of ways away from there favorite actor i know you gave a favorite director with christopher nolan or at least who you admire but a favorite, um, actor. favorite actor this is one is just gonna be i feel like it's I wish I could go with somebody who isn't everyone's favorite actor, but I'm going to say Leonardo DiCaprio. He's just, he's awesome. Now, Leonardo DiCaprio can still be the answer to my final question, but what would be an actor that you would like to work with eventually one day on set? He's getting a little older now, so I don't, I don't know. Depends. It would have to be real soon, but Will Ferrell. I think this goes back to the comedy, but that man is hilarious. So I think working with him would be just a treat and I wouldn't have to do very much at all. This is a side note, but bro, I lost one of my, on my top five list. I already lost somebody who I'd want to work with. Who was that? Ray Liotta just, just died not too long ago. Oh man. Like bro, he was on my list from like Charlie St. Cloud and the Godfather, or not, not Godfather. What was the, uh, got the other mobster movie. Goodfellas. There we go. Goodfellas. I love Goodfellas too. Yeah, it's a shame. I'm, I'm just over here like, man, I feel devastated. And I got the news. I was like, and he was even shooting a film. I was like, did he have health problems? No, he just went. I was like, wow. That's Life a shame. Short. I think I don't even have a list. Just like, I just think working with Will Ferrell would be just hilarious. Well, really working with anybody would be cool. I'm not really. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Literally anyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I guess I'll finish with one more question. If you have any advice for a filmmaker out there, whether it's somebody that kind of is like listening to this podcast or like following kind of the same, the same footsteps of going to film school or thinking about going to film school or, or um, getting yourself out there, whether it's learning and self-taught like you, like me, like we both have done. Mm -hmm. um, what is a, one word of advice for them? I would just say uh, that there's not a blueprint for success and just everyone has their own ways of being successful. So just as long as you're willing to grind as hard as you possibly can and be persistent, then real is going to recognize real and you're, you're going to be successful. You also, you also have to be willing to put yourself out there and network as well. But just those three things, I don't think you can fail. Chris the Shooter, everybody. Follow him on Instagram. And uh, Chris, do you want to say where people can find you at or where they can look at your work? Sure. Um, like, uh, like Donnie said, crease the shooter on Instagram is probably the best place. I also have a website, which is not updated, uh, but you can check it out. Crease the shooter.com plain and simple there. Thank you, Chris, for joining me. This has been another episode of the host speaks podcast on the shooter Pope channel. Thank you everybody. Uh, I know that we've been short on content lately. We've been moving around a lot of pieces, a lot of other uh, things that we have been doing, but tune into the channel. We will have more podcasts coming up. You can also listen to us on the Spotify and all the, where, where all podcasts are. So thank you guys very much and have a great day.